the race problem, integration, civil rights issues are all nothing but tools used by the whites who call themselves liberals against another group of whites who call themselves conservatives, either to get into power or to retain power. Among whites here in America, the political teams are no longer divided into Democrats and Republicans. The whites who are now struggling for control of the American political throne are divided into liberal and conservative camps. The white liberals from both parties cross party lines to work together toward the same goal. And white conservatives from both parties do likewise. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks or tokenism, false promises of integration and civil rights. In this game of deceiving and using the American Negro, the white liberals have complete cooperation of the Negro civil rights leader, who sell our people out for a few crumbs of token recognition, token gain token progress. In the New York Tribune, in an editorial dated February the 5th, 1960, they pointed out that out of 11 million qualified Negro voters, only 2,700,000 actually take time to vote. This means that roughly speaking, only 3 million out of the 11 million Negroes who are qualified to vote take an active part, and the remaining 8 million remain voluntarily inactive. And yet it is this small minority, the 3 million Negro voters who help determine who will be the next president. If who will be the next president can be influenced by 3 million Negro voters, it is easy to see why the presidential candidates of both political parties put on such a false show with the Civil Rights Bill and promises of integration. They must impress the three million voting Negroes who are the actual integration seekers. And if so much fuss is made over these three million integration seekers, what would the presidential candidates have to do to appease the eight million non-voting Negroes if they ever decided to become politically active? They hold the balance of power. Who are the eight million non-voting Negroes? What do they want? And why don't they vote? The three million uh, Negro, uh, Negro voters are the so-called middle-class Negroes, or high-class Negroes, or uppity Negroes, who are referred to by the late Howard University sociology professor E. Franklin Frazier as the black bourgeoisie. 
who have been educated to think as patriotic individualists with no racial pride whatsoever, who believe in and look forward to the future integrated, intermarried society that is constantly being promised to them by the Negro politician. And therefore, this integration-minded three million minority remain an active part of the white-controlled political parties. Today we are going to talk about the Willie Lynch letter, the making of a slave. Uh, and I want people to pay attention uh, and to watch this because it's it's very, very, very uh, important that people watch this uh, because it is it's something that is very important so I want people to pay attention and to watch this so, like it. so you guys can see it all right Introduction. I caught the whiff of a dead slave hanging from a tree a couple of miles back. You are not only losing valuable stock by hangings, you are having uprisings. Slaves are running away. Your crops are sometimes left in the fields too long for maximum profit. You suffer occasional fires and your animals are killed. Gentlemen, you know what your problems are. I do not need to elaborate. I am not here to enumerate your problems. I am here to introduce you to a method of solving them. In my bag here, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that if installed correctly, it will control the slaves for at least 300 years. My method is simple. Any member of your family or your overseer can use it. I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves, and I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control purposes. These methods have worked on my modest plantation in the West Indies and it will work throughout the South. Take this simple little list of differences and think about them. On top of my list is age, but it's there only because it starts with an A. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence, size, sex, sizes of plantations, status on plantations, attitude of owners, whether the slaves live in the valley, on a hill, east, west, north, south, 
have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now that you have a list of differences, I shall give you an outline of action. But before that, I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust and envy stronger than adulation, respect, or admiration. The black slaves, after receiving this indoctrination, shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black male and the young black male against the old black male. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves and the light-skinned slaves versus the dark-skinned slaves. You must use the female versus the male and the male versus the female. You must also have white servants and overseers who distrust all blacks. But it is necessary that your slaves trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and trust only us. Gentlemen, these kits are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensely for one year, the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful. Let's make a slave. Let us make a slave. What do we need? First of all, we need a black nigga man, a pregnant nigga woman, and her baby nigga boy. Second, we will use the same basic principle that we use in breaking a horse, combined with some more sustaining factors. What we do with horses is that we break them from one form of life to another, that is, we reduce them from their natural state in nature. Whereas nature provides them with the natural capacity to take care of their offspring, we break that natural string of independence from them and thereby create a dependency status so that we may be able to get from them useful production for our business and pleasure. Cardinal principles for making a Negro. Both horse and niggers are no good to the economy in the wild or natural state. Both must be broken and tied together for orderly production. For orderly future, special and particular attention must be paid to the female and the youngest offspring. Both must be crossbred to produce a variety and division of labor. Both must be taught to respond to a peculiar new language. Psychological and physical instruction of containment must be created for both. We hold the six cardinal principles as truth to be self-evident based upon following the discourse concerning the economics of breaking and tying the horse and the nigger together, all inclusive of the six principles laid down above. 
Note, neither principle alone will suffice for good economics. All principles must be employed for orderly good of the nation. Accordingly, both a wild horse and a wild or natural nigger is dangerous even if captured, for they will have the tendency to seek their customary freedom and, in doing so, might kill you in your sleep. You cannot rest. They sleep while you are awake and are awake while you are asleep. They are dangerous near the family house and it requires too much labor to watch them away from the house. Above all, you cannot get them to work in this natural state. Hence, both the horse and the nigger must be broken. That is breaking them from one form of mental life to another. Keep the body, take the mind. In other words, break the will to resist. Now the breaking process is the same for both the horse and the nigger, only slightly varying in degrees. You must keep your eye and thoughts on the female and the offspring of the horse and the nigger. A brief discourse in offspring development will shed light on the key to sound economic principles. Pay little attention to the generation of original breaking, but concentrate on future generation. Therefore, if you break the female mother, she will break the offspring in its early years of development, and when the offspring is old enough to work, she will deliver it up to you, for her normal female protective tendencies will have been lost in the original breaking process. When it comes to breaking and reversing the mind of the uncivilized nigger, take the meanest and most restless nigger, Strip him of his clothes in front of the remaining male niggers, the female and the nigger infant. Tar and feather him. Tie each leg to a different horse faced in opposite directions. Set him afire and beat both horses to pull him apart in front of the remaining niggers. The next step is to take a bull whip and beat the remaining nigger males to the point of death in front of the female and the infant. Don't kill him, but put the fear of God in him, for he can be useful for future breeding. The breaking process of the African woman. Take the female and run a series of tests on her to see if she will submit to your desires willingly. Test her in every way because she is the most important factor for good economics. If she shows any sign of resistance in submitting completely to your will, do not hesitate to use the bullwhip on her to extract that last bit of bitch out of her. Take care not to kill her for in doing so, you spoil good economics. When in complete submission, she will train her offsprings in the early years to submit to labor when they have become of age. We have reversed 
the relationship. In her natural, uncivilized state, she would have a strong dependency on the uncivilized nigger male, and she would have a limited protective tendency toward her independent male offspring and would raise male offsprings to be dependent like her. Nature had provided for this type of balance. We reversed nature by burning and pulling a civilized nigger apart and bull whipping the other to the point of death, all in her presence. By her being left alone, unprotected, with the male image destroyed, the ordeal caused her to move from her psychologically dependent state to a frozen independent state. In this frozen psychological state of independence, she will raise her male and female offspring in reversed roles. For fear of the young male's life, she will psychologically train him to be mentally weak and dependent, but physically strong. Because she has become psychologically independent, she will train her female offsprings to be psychologically independent. What have you got? You've got the nigger woman out front and the nigger man behind and scared. This is a perfect situation of sound sleep and economics. Before the breaking process, we had to be alertly on guard at all times. Now we can sleep soundly. For out of frozen fear, his woman stands guard for us. He cannot get past her early slave molding process. By the time a nigger boy reaches the age of 16, he is soundly broken in and ready for a long life of efficient work and the reproduction of a unit of good labor force. Continually, through the breaking of uncivilized savage niggers by throwing the nigger female savage into a frozen psychological state of independence, by killing the protective male image, and by creating a submissive, dependent mind of the nigger male slave, we have created an orbiting cycle that turns on its own axis forever, unless a phenomenon occurs and reshifts the position of the male and female slave. So, if you just heard, if you just heard all of that, then you would see that what we are talking about is when we're talking about Willie Lynch. So there were seven things that is is brought up in the Willie Lynch letter and you got genderism. So let's talk about genderism. You know, you have the people who are considered trans, uh, cis, um, pan, um, you know, you have the whole LGBTQ community and then they're fighting for their rights. You know what I'm saying? So they've, they've bypassed the fact that they're black uh, and are out here fighting for, for their freedoms for, but gotta understand that you're still black and you're still fighting for black rights, even though 
that you might be considered gay, lesbian, whatever it is that you, and it's your choice, it's another thing to divide and keep us enslaved. Uh, and then you have ageism. So then we get to talking about the, we get to talking about ageism. We get to talking about old, young. You know, that's another divider. All the young people don't know what they're talking about. Uh, it, 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 it's a multitude of considerations, a multitude of things when it when it when it comes down to age. So then you have tribalism. Tribalism is when they put us into let me get the so I'm gonna come back to tribalism. Uh but you have after tribalism you have colorism. So you know me being a, a a mixed person, um, I'm not dark enough, or I'm 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 too light. I'm, you know, or you're too dark. You're you're not this. You're not that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter because of the simple fact of they still see you as black. They don't see you as anything else it's it's the fact that i have um black black blood in me my my, my father's black so i don't want i'm tired of hearing all the extra things so tribalism is a state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles so human evaluation has primarily occurred and small hunter-gathered groups as opposed to larger and more recently settled. So what, now when we're talking about tribalism, we're talking about the different uh, nonprofit organizations, we're talking about the different groups, we're talking about, it, it, it's another thing to divide us. If we're all out here for Black Lives Matter, right? If we're all out here for a change, if we're all out here for reform, transparency, then how is it that we get broken down into so many other different groups? It's to divide us. It has nothing to do with uh, bringing us united. It's another reason to divide us. Uh, and then you have classism. You know, classism, if people don't know what that means. So you got the classism definition is prejudice against or in favor of people belonging into particular social classes. So if you break it down, you have, we, we have different wealth classes. You know, you have the rich people, you have the elites, you have the uh, middle class, you have poor, and then you got people that ain't got nothing that are still poor, but just ain't got a pot to piss in. So that is another divider because if you see it in our community, the homeless, they don't, nobody cares about them. It's, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever. We'll put them in a shelter. We'll do this. We'll do that. And all, honestly, they don't do anything. Uh, and then we've already talked about this a couple of days ago. We talked about rankism. Uh, now, with rankism, is that, does stature really matter? Uh, when it breaks it down into 
you know, um, who's got a college education and who doesn't, that really doesn't matter. Uh, and then you got culturalism. Um, you know, it, it, when we come over here, we, we, we don't know our culture. You know, when I grew up as being a black man and being raised by a single mother, um, I didn't know my culture. You know, I was, so whatever I learned from school is what I learned. Uh, I didn't have, and, and honestly, that wasn't the truth. You know what I'm saying? Of what I learned in school, uh, you know, I learned that George Washington was our president, but I didn't learn that George Washington was slave owner. He was a plantation owner. You know, I didn't, I learned that he had teeth replaced. I didn't know that they were replaced by black people. I didn't know they were replaced by slaves uh, teeth. You know, I was told that they were wooden. Uh, and there's just so many other things that to break us down there are seven characteristics of making of a mental slave and we fall into it you know uh, there's something that I, I do want to pull up uh, real quick and hold on there is something that I do want to pull up and it is a video You know what? I'm not. I'm not even gonna do that on this. But I'm gonna keep it for for something else. Uh, but just even uh, getting into it, I, I see that, and, and I'm gonna talk about this because with the Willie Lynch, uh, if you got comments, you know, bring them on. I'm a. Hey, this is what this is for. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, but as we sit here and we. We've seen what has gone on in Akron. We've seen what is what is what has gone on in um, Louisville last night. Please pray for 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 Lil Herb and and his family. Pray for his his well being. Uh, pray for his safety. And and let's also let's pray for Akron. Let's pray for uh, the revolutionaries that have been out in the streets uh, seeking justice for Jalen Walker. And we're gonna break this down because it really, being out in Akron, if people didn't know, uh, I was out in Akron. Uh, and, and, I, and I wanna let it to be known because I, I'm about speaking my truth and speaking truth and transparency. Uh, I probably wouldn't have went out there if it wasn't for the Akron Police Department assaulting people that I consider family, people that I have, uh, I have bonds with that are unbreakable. And I see them being assaulted and Akron not doing anything. I didn't see the mayor coming out uh, condemning his police officers. I didn't see the city council members uh, doing anything. And I really didn't see anybody but a small part of, of Akron saying what was happening, what was going on was wrong. Um, 
so I went out there and it, it was quite the experience uh, of going out there and just seeing what other, because I've been to Kenosha, I've been to DC, you know, I've been to Iowa, I've been to North Dakota, I've been to Little Rock, Arkansas. I've been various places uh, during in, in, in this movement that really made me see what the world is really, really, uh, not even the world, but what America is really about because you see these things that are unraveling uh, every day. You see things that are like Louisville. Then you see the narrative that comes out from mainstream media. Oh, he had a gun, he had this, just like with Jalen. You know, um, it's, we have to stand for something. Are we gonna continue to, you know, suffer peacefully? Are we gonna fight? I'm not talking about fight fire with fire. I'm not talking about, let's go pick up the guns and let's go start shooting police departments or just trying to get y'all out of the sun. But that ain't, that's not what I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about doing none of none of those things i'm not talking about going to be violent we, we should we should really be talking about an eye for an eye because that's what the bible calls for but we know that when we bring that type of pressure we bring that type of civil disobedience we know what it's going to be met with and even when we don't bring that type of pressure and we just come out there with peace, we come out there with signs, bullhorns, uh, we're still met with violence. And how do we correct that? Because we should be able to, with our First Amendment rights, be able to say and speak our mind. We should be able to say whatever we want in public areas. And one thing that, you know, going back to my experience out in Akron is uh, every, the things that I'm seeing is we're not doing enough preventative measures. We're not doing enough prevention on, on legislation. We're not doing enough prevention in these community streets. Um, and we're not doing enough with de-escalation. You know, I, we're not doing enough homelessness. We're not doing enough with drugs. So of course you're gonna see that play out into everyday life with crime, uh, with our living situations, and, and we see it on the news. But what is being done? Because putting money on an issue that isn't being addressed is just throwing money out there for, for no reason. Uh, and it's something that we literally, we have to discuss as human beings. It's something that we have to discuss as people for the simple fact that if we don't, it's it, it's gonna be insane. And, and I wanna show y'all a video real quick. Um, if I can, is it on here? No, so let me see, media, video. I might not have saved it. Might not have saved it. 
No, I didn't save it. So I will bring that. Uh, there's a video that I will post later. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But that is something that we we need as people need to start uh, discussing and if we don't, we are going to allow these things to keep on happening. Are we going to prevent the next Lil Herb? Are we going to pre prevent the next Jalen Walker? Are we going to prevent the next Amir Locke? Are we going to... What are we, what are we really out here for? What are we really out here for? What are we really out here for? So, I'm going to so there is no sound to this video oh whoops nope that's the wrong one that is the wrong one nope that's the wrong video uh, it is a short one though No, oh, where can I find that video? No, just, just stay with me for a minute. Because I'm going to show y'all this video. see this Oh, 
tell me where that man had a gun. Now here's another angle. Come on, bro, no, bro. No, man. Come on, man. No, bro. No, bro. No, bro, no, bro, no. Come on, bro, no, bro. So. No, man. And then I'm gonna show you one more. So. Now, this I'm gonna have to bring up. So this is, I want people to see that. So if you can read that, and I'll read it for you. So this is the blotter report last night. Uh, so it says, high priority, updated, re-listened, and updated info, 7.54 p.m., half division, officer advised, I've got one running at Shawnee Park, dispatch advised, I need units to start the Shawnee Park. Officer advised, he's going northwest towards the river, subject wearing a wife beater and black pants. Officer stated shots fired, shots fired northwest towards the boat ramp, then stated towards 41st. Again stated shots fired, shots fired towards the main field off the east side of the baseball field. Responding units were advised to watch your crossfire using the tourists as cover. Family members beginning to push towards us. 7.58. The subject is down in the grass. Advised. Has his cell phone in his hand. He is bleeding. Not a gun. A cell phone. So eight. So remember, this is a. Uh, there's a time delay, in all of this. So, eight oh one. We need additional units. This park is about to go wild. Was asked. Was any officers hit? Officer stated one officer hit in the vest. He is ten eighty six. Requested rapid response team and additional units. Code three. 807 air units preparing to be en route. Lots of screaming in the background. Officer advised we need additional cars. The crowd is beginning to push towards us. 810. Officer. Oh, definitely will. Um, officers requested additional cars to the baseball field to preserve evidence. SWAT, SRT, RRT units arrive. Done en route. Directed to come back side of the park near southwestern parkway remember this is a 15 minute delay transmission 814 ems is on route is on scene dispatch was advised the subject will be transported to the university of louisville ems leaving now requested units to respond to u of l this 822 dispatch was advised that the scene is secure 823 advised you can cancel tones Officer that was struck in the vest is being charted, being transported by another unit canceling EMS. So you tell me where uh, that officer was shot by anybody other than uh, 
by anybody else than another pig. You tell me. You tell me. You tell me. So again, this is another post of, if you, if you can see it, this is, it's on my Charles Neal page. This is um, from the sister. So I want people to see that that is his phone. That's where his phone was an hour. Now this is timestamp. That is, that's their time, 938. So it was there even after a whole hour. Uh, I want people to, to realize this. Like, this is not, um, okay, so here's the video that I want y'all to see. So it is the 26 minute video. Now you see that, that is the oh, officer. Oh, that's shit. not him oh, shooting, that's the other officer. Now I'm gonna go back. Now you see that, you see right there, that is her going down and also the officer going down. And then that's when you, as soon as you do see that, you hear pop, 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 pop. So he's gonna play it back and then see now watch. Pop, pop, pop. Oh shit! Y'all tell me. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit! So y'all tell me. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So you tell me. You tell me. You tell me. You tell me. How is that not another officer shooting? another officer. So that that's what I wanted to bring to y'all today. Uh, come back again. Uh, tomorrow we're gonna do another Still going to talk about Willie Lynch. Still going to talk about the makings of a slave. Uh, we talked about rankism. Um, we're going to talk about tribalism tomorrow. So come back tomorrow. Not sure what time yet. I'll put up a time that I'm going to do a live. Uh, join. Let's have a conversation. Probably not going to do the prism way anymore. Uh, you're very welcome. Very, very welcome. It, it's things that we need to know. Uh, I am going to put the link up for the video as well uh, that we watched, uh, the Willie Lynch. It was, it's the book. Uh, they, all they did was read the book to y'all. Uh, so literally, peace and blessings. Uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And tonight uh, at 6 o'clock, Brooklyn Center, there is a city council meeting. Also in Akron, Ohio, a city council meeting. Red Wing, Minnesota, city council meeting. Get involved. Know what is going on in your community. Let's stop being left behind uh, because that's where we're getting beat. 
we're getting beat because we're not preventing anything. We're reacting to situations that have already happened and still can't prevent the next black man, the next black woman from being killed. So freedom, freedom or jail, heaven or hell, wish me well. Y'all have a great one.